0: Welcome to the Underscore Transformation Podcast. My name's Jason West, and for a change this week, I'm joined by Lucy Finney in place of Joe Ailes. As mentioned last week, we're going to focus on crisis management and recovery, not least because that's where we all find ourselves these days. Uh, in the space of a few short weeks, life across the globe has changed beyond recognition. Over a quarter of the planet's population is in lockdown. Healthcare professionals on every continent are treating thousands of people with complications from COVID-19, and tens of thousands of people have already sadly lost their lives. Away from the front line, large parts of the global economy have been shuttered, schools closed, millions of jobs lost, and those of us lucky enough still to be employed are working from home struggling to adapt to working with children at our feet and grappling with new technology and teams that are under quite significant stress. The speed of change has been dramatic and the need to process a torrent of new information, adjust and adapt is, is pressing on every aspect of our lives. Uh, together, we face really unprecedented levels of uncertainty and a really urgent need to solve complex novel problems that demand really difficult trade-offs between competing priorities. So decisions just have to be made in real time based on incomplete information with the very survival of our organizations on the line. Uh, if, if you found that you're business as usual processes and systems and teams have been really stretched to breaking point by this crisis, uh, we're here to offer some hope. Uh, The good news is that there's a a way through it and there is a proven crisis management process that can help you steer a course through to recovery. Um, And joining me today is uh, Lucy Finney, who heads up our leadership development uh, side of our our organisation to talk us through the crisis management and recovery toolkit that she's built over actually the past number of years, but more specifically in just the past few weeks. Um, so Lucy is a former British Army Educational and Training Services Officer, uh, has a master's in the design of information systems and over 25 years experience as a learning and development consultant, executive coach and business transformation consultant. Now, During uh, Lucy's military career, she was awarded an MBE for the strategic transformation and modernization of training in the British Army. Um, So fascinating to have you on today, Lucy. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, But before we delve into talking about crisis management and all that that entails, it would be great if you could share a bit about your background and career, because uh, you've got quite an interesting story to tell.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. And uh, it's good to take part in this podcast. So I grew up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, um, where actually, uh, you know, as it was fighting and bombing and etc., were kind of the norm. They went on all around me. Uh, And uh, they were very character building very early on. That kind of inspired me to get uh, very interested in just the psychology of how people survive difficult situations. Mm -hmm. From that, that sort of spun me off into I decided to go to Loughborough University and do a degree in PE, Sports Science and Recreation Management. And there I did that because I just loved sport and I I played a lot of uh, National League hockey and uh, I was also into outdoor pursuits in a big way. And when you combine that with studying about the science of sport combined with the what was really introduced to me then which was the uh, psychology of sport i got really fascinated in that and fascinated in how how leaders in the sport context how people demonstrate leadership behaviors in uh, difficult situations and under stress that sort of spun me off. I always had an outdoor pursuits background and uh, was a caving instructor and a climbing instructor and an outdoor uh, hill walking instructor. And that kind of, I went on expeditions very early yeah. on. And what sort
0: of age were you then uh, at that point? Um,
1: so the first expedition, um, the first thing I did was uh, to walk the Mormon Wall Walk in Northern Ireland, which was a massive walk for charity at, uh, all over the, uh, the Morns um, for twenty six over 26 miles. That spun yeah. me off into a thing called Operation Rally, which kind of sent me even just the qualification to get on that was was amazing. Where we had to do all those kind of things you see young young people do. I was um, I was 20 at the time, and we had to build rafts, you know, go out onto cold lakes, dive down mm-hmm. for things at the bottom of the lakes, do all these kind of nasty things you have to do with lifting maggots from one bucket to the next. Get my first taster of. Stress actually is, but I yeah. loved that. I was really it, into that challenge.
0: Th- these are lakes in Northern Ireland,
1: lakes in Northern Ireland, e- deep even in, garden, in summer, very cold, that's, yeah, that's, and very yeah. horrible in <laughs> 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 Fermanagh. <laughs> uh, dear, but you know what? I came out of that. I was actually filmed and I was on TV and I came out of it and I just said, Do you know what? If I only ever went on the, re- on the uh, recruitment part for this, that was enough for me because that was just fantastic. I really loved it. I really love getting in there and, and being part of that and mucking in. And that kind of really showed me that I love that outdoor challenge because I think that's somewhere that stretches you when you're younger physically, gets you into that kind of challenge. And you keep because you want to beat boundaries, don't you? You want to beat and and, and, and be and get better and you want to achieve things and I just loved all that. Yeah. So that kind of then took me out the well. Logically, what's next? So I signed up for the army, as, as you do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought I would go in there for just three years, and I ended up in there for um, sixteen years. So I effectively a, a career in it. Yeah. Um, and started off looking after junior medics in the army, uh, and then moved on to platoon commander and so on. And then I, in the middle, I actually did a masters in design of information systems, and that took me into looking after command and control information systems on battlefields. And that took me into Mm -hmm. war zones and took me to places, uh, most of my um, operational experiences around the Balkan area. So I um, spent quite a bit of time in Croatia and in Bosnia uh, when it had been just, as they say, they were still shooting at us. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I saw it where people had totally, you know, experienced devastation. They had no money, no banks, no homes nowhere to live, no means to make heating. It blew my mind. You know, what, what I normally call, what I call normal was definitely not normal. And this really still took me on the, what how do these people develop the resilience to actually survive in that context? Yeah. You know, the things I saw people do were amazing. I also saw it in Africa. They went on an operation there, United Nations operation. And I saw the kids were particularly resilient where every day they used to um, come to our gate And they would sort of try and sell us stuff. And after a while, we realized they were actually going off. This is awful to say, but they were going off to the dumps where we were actually dumping what we thought we did not need. They were picking it up, (laughs) being highly creative and bringing it back and selling it to us as a new product. And some of it was incredibly creative. I just thought uh, amazing stuck in my mind, you know, really strong. So I, I took that – I then got into designing battlefield command systems, and that really helped me understand how complex information is when you are entering an, an environment, as the military call it. You know, It's a term that spun out, people may have heard of today, called VUCA. But the military uh, uses a term that stands for volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous situations. When you go into chaos, when you go into operational theatres – you're going into crisis situation, and your job is to first of all get people through that crisis, and then start to help them rebuild. Yeah. And uh, that's so you combine right from the troubles through love, burn sport, and outdoor, through seeing these people on these battlefield situations, to trying to design systems that could try and help us manage the flow of information in these really unknown situations, you know. And then subsequent to that, to end a long story is uh, I uh, took up and I now a practitioner in eight different psychometrics and I apply business psychology. I'm very into it, taking that learning from the sport and the outdoor and the army into tough projects and situations in businesses. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm passionate about now.
0: And I, I can't believe we've actually not, Ever discuss this because, as I mentioned at the start, uh, you you have an MBE, so you have met the Queen. Uh, she has awarded you with uh, a, a high honour of of state. So. How did that come about and, and what was it like?
1: Uh, yeah, that, that was a fantastic moment. Um, I've I met the Queen a couple of times actually, but anyway. There's fun stories in some of them, I can tell you. <laughs> but the one that you're referring to, that's for another podcast, I think. Uh, yeah, the well, one, the one that you're referring to is uh, so both my educational career and my uh, systems career came together by the year 2000 through to 2004. And believe it or not, the days in which the the internet first came along, um, I kind of, realized very early on that this could be harnessed to take education out into the world. Now, it actually spun out of a need. We had a situation in the military where you used to have to take so many, uh, in an operational theater, you used to have to take so many doctors out of the operational theater to do refresher training. And this actually meant operations had to stop. And I mean like a battlefield operations had to stop while they did this. So we harnessed, we took the internet, we said, can we create something that can be sent virtually over you know, over the internet? And bear in mind, this is totally new to start. Yeah. And can we connect up and train these guys in theatre so they don't have to come out, so we don't have to stop operations? I spent three years studying it, three years building it, three years connecting it. And we, yeah, we transformed it and it went on to become what's now known as the defence uh, learning environment, and it's still going today, which I'm proud of. <sighs> wow. uh, but it went out against and it delivers a huge, it's even more important now than ever, and delivered training around the world.
0: Yeah. And that, for, for um, you know anybody that's uh, leading a transformation programme, if you could point, point back however many years ago that was now. Um, did yeah. you say started in 2000?
1: It started in 2000, 20th century. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so 20 years ago, that something that yes. you worked on 20 years ago is still in operation today and being used. I think you must be one of a very small handful of people that could point, point to something like that because mm. these transformation programmes typically... They they work for you know the thing the change happens and it, it's there for a while but then the next thing comes along and the next thing so that, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So we're we're not here to talk about transformation though because the real thing that we're we're all kind of focused on right now is the 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 crisis at hand. So first up, what is crisis management? What what are we talking about when we talk about
1: crisis management? So when. We sometimes we we classify different situations. We may have a, a simple situation where we kind of know what's happening and the reasons for it and what's going on, and therefore we can approach things in a in a sensible structured way. But as situations start to get more disordered, they get more unknown factors in them. They get more confusing. Speed comes into the factor. Things are changing a lot rapidly around us. Time is of the essence. You start to get a condensing of all of these factors, and it's it's beyond a complex situation. It's a situation where there's many many uncontrollable items, many many uncontrollable things going around it, and it's got a need because it's often life can be at threat. And, and I, I say life because it spins out of you know real crisis management scenarios in battlefield operations or response teams. But you do have the same, exact same in business where, you know, it's there's so many factors and things have got so complex that the business could go into crisis, the business could collapse. And it's the same life or death kind of situation, but it's life or death of a business and its finances. So a crisis is a mixture of unknown, unstructured, Uncertain situations, which are rapidly changing around you, and um, and and this, the need to make decisions fast. You have to make them in a fast time scenario, but they're also critical. They've got high impact. The decisions that you make that makes a crisis scenario.
0: I think there's also a human element to it as well, an emotional element to it as well, as that you've got teams of people that are often kind of acting in a, in a from a position of fear. It's a high stress, highly um, emotionally yes. charged yeah. environment,
1: uh, yeah,
0: and and I guess from uh, you know the the British Army and other military forces around the world, they they train for this, they're ready for it, they've got processes, yeah. they've got ways of managing it, and and they they spend years training people to to cope and manage in these situations. So, mm-hmm. what what are some of those kind of core concepts, core things that you can take from? Uh, the, the Army's approach, for example, to how they manage.
1: So this sort of comes, the you know, what, what I've designed and what I brought together is is a mixture of both of what's in the Army, but also things that I have learned since leaving the Army. Because I've worked on uh, in, in situations early on in my uh, business career, I did a lot of exercise management and I did a lot of um, um operational analyst type work on military exercise where we were supplying equipment into them where they were the equipment was trying to run disaster scenarios so what would be you know what will happen in the case of, of, of a global warfare I mm-hmm. we even studied four or five years ago what would happen in the event of an outbreak of something like this pandemic and oh, what so could we do? war games war games exactly <laughs> yeah.
0: you are listening to the underscore transformation podcast to find out more about our crisis management and recovery leadership programme, visit underscore-group.com forward slash CMR toolkit.
1: And also I've been part of simulations before the Olympics began where it was looking at how all the response teams would operate together. Now, mm. when you bring all of that together, the critical kind of elements in there are things like um, how do you bring... First of all, safety. It's always safety first. Then it's how do you bring people, you know, help them to feel not just safety, safe physically, but safe mentally very quickly so that they will perform as a team. Then once they're, they're there as a team and they're with you fully in the moment here and now, it's how do they then work together? to understand what is going on around them. All this, this information and all this misinformation that's going around, whether it be in a battlefield or it be in a fire control centre for the fire brigade or in the NHS right now in, a, in a, a critical support unit. Facts, facts. What are real facts? What are false facts? What are the things and the information that we need to manage this scenario? So it's very important, I think, to be able to create a kind of common operating picture, you know, understand yourself and your performance under pressure, being able to um bring control and command to that situation so that you can coordinate a response.
0: And in in terms of putting together the the crisis management and recovery toolkit and program that um, that, that uh, you know you've done just in in the past uh, few weeks, drawing on on all your experience and real operational experience, what well, what are kind of some of the the key outcomes that people can expect from from applying a, a, a you know a properly structured crisis management process to 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 a, 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 a any crisis that they're managing.
1: So in any crisis, I think one of the fast, the most important thing is to be able to make decisions quickly yeah. and safely. So critical. Decision. So the first thing is improve your decision making capability. That's that's really you know, because everything comes together in that. The next thing is um, is if you make a mistake, because we will make mistakes. So we're all we're all human. Um, it is to have that attitude that you'll learn fast. And what does that mean? What do we need to do? to learn fast. Military are very, very good at this because they will go through immediate after-action reviews, subsequent reviews. They review, review, review. So they learn and change. Then there's things like building more resilient teams. So how does a team work together quickly? And a team isn't a team, a single team all the time. Teams change all the time it's about suddenly you're um, you're coming together as one team and you need to be that high performing team for that task it could be the survival of that patient in a coronavirus um, sort of end state or it could it, you know or it could be an operating theater team it could be a command team to respond to a big road traffic accident still happened different teams yeah. different people at different times coming together and gelling really really quickly then you know Things like, and and part of that is you're always going to have problems to solve. So it's learning about creativity, learning about problem solving things quickly, learning about how we work our way through problems. That will improve by, by learning some of these tools. And at the end, that will have an effect of reducing some of your risks in the operational scenarios you're in, making sure you use your resources at their best, you know, Optimize the use of what's often very scarce resources, and then ultimately getting through that so you can build your build whatever the scenario is, build towards recovery.
0: I, I think one of the things that's been really fascinating from coming from the world of business transformation into what what is quite a new topic for me, crisis management, incident response, these sorts of things. Um, the thing that's really surprising is is the real pace of of uh, you know how how quickly you're you're getting people together and you're processing intelligence and information. It, it'd be interesting if you'd say a bit about how that how, how that process of managing the the crisis actually works in 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 reality.
1: Okay, so what what will happen in the military is they will go in very into any situation. Whether there's so many unknowns, they will immediately establish some form of base camp. And that base camp, the very first thing is literally put up your tables, put up your computers, gather your information, collate the situation and understand the picture of what's going on. Yeah. So that's get your command situation in, in position so you understand where everybody is and what's happening around you. Then you've got to think about how do you control the situation? And how do you bring control to that situation? And that's what a lot of the military training is about. It has a lot of procedures and it, it has a lot of fast techniques to help you get through into that control, that situation where you've got control of what you can control and you yeah. build out to take control of more. Then it's a lot of coordination. We need to get the troops out on the task. We need to get them moving and doing what they need to do. And we need to learn from as much as possible from the troops on the ground. And then it's about commun- Everything's about communication because without that, if you don't have the flow of information, it, information is useless. It has to flow around like a living thing going through the blood around the, the whole the whole organisation. We need to connect, and in a military scenario, you know that can be what the, they call it the battle space, where it's connecting out to ships connecting uh, aircraft, connecting up the whole mechanism, satellites, you name it, and it's complex communication. But we need to do it, yeah. and we need to get it out there.
0: And how have you taken what is a a battle-proven approach to managing highly complex, highly volatile, uncertain situations and, and applying it to the commercial sector?
1: What we've, what we've done is um, taken... That two things, the, all that knowledge that I've just described is is put into what we call our crisis management toolkit, um, that is designed to try and help businesses restabilize, and this is to try and help businesses get into a flow that is necessary in order to manage a current crisis and then move towards recovery. On top of that, we've also combined that. We've also included our mental toughness program, which is about getting the right mindset, getting people to be able to be confident in what they do, people to be um, able to speak up and to feel safe in speaking up because that's very, very important in a crisis scenario. And people, how we can get them aligned and moving together in one direction. And people to kind of have that, attitude of of, we will overcome this and we will move forward and when when you put that mental toughness and and the mental almost the mental training that goes in together with the process of how you set up a mission how you do what we call c4 leadership how you move through the dna of a crisis situation you put those together and that's our crisis management toolkit that Mm. we talk
0: about part of our kind of crisis response as a business to the to the pandemic has been to move as much of our our, our delivery online so uh, in in the kind of training and development world moving moving those programs online For, from your own personal perspective what what's it been like going from a largely face to face delivery uh, to 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 100% online
1: um, you know, <laughs> there's a philosophy that we used to, to, to teach in all our programs, and it actually comes from the Stephen Covey Foundation, and it's called Teach to Learn. And um, um, in the process of thinking, how do I teach all of this stuff that I have when I would normally do it in a classroom? Mm. Um, I would learn by teaching. So I've had to go through the process of taking all of that stuff where I've got really useful resources. I'm sitting in a room full of resources, a lifetime of resources here. And I've had to think, how do I get that through a portal on my computer? How do I get that into a virtual context? Now, obviously, as I say, for 20 years, I've been working along in this virtual um, field. So not unfamiliar with it, but there is a, there is a difference. And I think one of the, some of the very early lessons that I've learned is it's, you know, you go to some webinars and it's very much, they they give a speech, they give you a talk and there's no connection. Mm. And I think what I have, you know, face to face scenario, you get a very much a two way interaction. And, and, um, that's, that's actually called a form of learning called constructivist learning. You Mm. need to interact to learn in certain situations and particularly this, you need to interact So for me, a big drive has been, I'm only talking three weeks here, um, but over three weeks is to learn how do you get that interaction online and how do you get that interaction virtually. And so I use uh, what I've learned and evolved is to use multiple tools at the same time. So I'm perhaps presenting some information, doing what used to be called a blended learning Thing, but it's much more um, people will get information to read uh, in advance I will teach them stuff we will have an interaction I will use other tools where maybe there are certain people who don't want to even speak through the computer or can't because they haven't yes. got video and they haven't got some, you know they've not got a microphone so we've had yeah. to overcome all of these in three weeks but by using other tools where they can download certain apps onto their phones we can we can ask them questions We can we can also see how people are that's really important how yeah. are people feeling before we embark on this? Because some of the stuff that we're doing is, is quite tough, you know, in terms of it makes you think about yourself, think about your performance, think about your mental attitude. And in tough times, that's a hard thing to do. It's a great learning opportunity, but it's hard. Yes. So people need to be able to communicate in their way, um, whatever that may be, by just writing a question through an app. That I will receive in another way by answering a survey by bursting online and making a speech, whatever it is they want to do, and that's 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 been to move from face to face um to this I've had to think very carefully about how I bring all what I would do in a classroom environment into a virtual environment
0: yeah As as um, as tragic as the situation is, and as worrying as it is from a kind of personal health and family and loved ones and all the rest of it perspective, and it's it's actually been a kind of bursts of massive creativity and having to learn new things really really quickly and apply them and, and and just kind of come up with completely new ways of working and. And it's been a fascinating experience. If it wasn't vaguely terrifying, it would be really
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it sort of does remind me of that when I was sitting learning about classifying situations, and that is the—that's exactly what happens in a chaotic situation or a crisis situation. Novel practice. You just got to kind of, and you have to adopt an attitude of trial and error. I go and try it, and as long as you have an attitude of that, I will learn, and as 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 I've recently been re- reading from a, a piece that, um, from an American psychologist who actually talks about, you know, there's you have to just realize there's no such thing as failure right now. Mm. We just all have to, in the ultimate thing in our lives, come together for humanity and work together and and learn, just learn, just do something. Practice yes. it, you know, try it. You don't know what the results are. And I I, I think when I used to be in... I used to be very fearful at the start when I was a trainer. I'd think, oh, this this session's never gonna go this way. <laughs> Nobody's gonna answer this question. And I I've endlessly been surprised at what people come up with when given the opportunity.
0: It's uh yeah, it's definitely been a a, a an interesting three weeks, I have to say that. It's um but we <laughs> we now have something that is is ready. It's out there. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, it's uh it's something that uh, you know, you can book onto. Um, If you visit the website, you want to find out more, uh, go to underscore hyphen group.com forward slash CMR toolkit. We'll put a link in the show note of this episode. Um, But to leave people on a a thought, Lucy, for those out there that are struggling to deal with a crisis that's in front of them right now, what are those kind of key key thoughts to leave them with something that they could uh, uh, you know a- apply in in their own lives from from you know listening to this podcast
1: so i think what i would say is we're all got a level of of mental toughness and resilience everything has happened in our lives up to a point of all given us a level of that we all have strengths and just use your strengths right now but accept that you do perhaps have um, Weaknesses. Um, don't focus on those. Focus on your strengths. Don't focus on the things you don't have. Focus on the things that you have. And then and and just do not worry about trying some things out. And don't worry if you if you fail. Um, there's there's processes ready there when you're when they're ready to engage with them. There's help there to connect to when you're ready and you do it at your pace when you're ready. So um, I think that's the kind of message that I would say. And uh, if we are here to help. Um, I, I've kind of put all this stuff together because it's very much something that I um, uh, I just feel it's something I want to share out right there. And I yeah. hope to see people come along and, and, and we can we can work together to get through the situation.
0: Thanks so much for that, Lucy. I think that's a, a an excellent place to uh, end our, this week's podcast. Uh, I'm sure we'll um, get you back and talk about um, you know a, a wealth of other topics. I think probably mental toughness is going to be an interesting one, especially in these times. So um, thanks again for your, your time today. And uh, we'll have a think about what we might uh, do next week. Um, we don't know no. yet because no. we <laughs> haven't figured it out. Because we're <laughs> in a chaotic
1: situation. situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you okay, very thank much.
1: You. Thanks very much. Thank you
0: thanks for listening we really appreciate your support if you have any questions or opinions you'd like to share please contact me jason west on linkedin or via our website underscore hyphen group.com